I used to feel like I was so good at it that everybody that I watched fall around me, I wasn't falling until I started falling. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to t-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Alrighty, there we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm extremely excited about my next guest, New Jersey legend, the one and only Dibiasi, I probably should have checked that I am pronouncing your name correctly uh, before we start. You did. You did a great job on it, too. Awesome. I, I appreciate it. But for for people who have been sleeping uh, under a rock, man, you've been doing some very impressive things. You've got some, I think you have three projects that came out this year, Trap Ties 3, uh, the Dibby Weekend, and then Once yeah. Upon a Crime that came yeah. out. You've been working with artists, obviously, Ransom, Charlemagne the God, Sam Black. You got Joe Budden on tracks. Like, the the list of things that you've been accomplishing is is pretty impressive. Um, how does it make you feel when you look at your career to date? Uh, when I look at my career to date, like, I'm very happy with it. it. It definitely went way farther than I thought it would go. And I'm in definitely places that I wouldn't believe I was in, but I still feel like I'm not there yet. You get what I'm saying? So it's like I did so much, but I haven't done enough. You feel what I'm saying? Why didn't you think it would go as far as it's gone? Um, Because when I first started doing music, I was like really, really deep into the streets. And then it takes a lot to make money in the beginning when nobody really knows who you are and you know what I mean? And then it cost so much to stay in music. You feel what I'm saying? So I had to do a lot of sacrifices where I just was literally like, I don't want to do it no more. Like, Matt, I say this all the time and people don't believe me when I say this, but I quit every night and start back up every morning. <laughs> and they don't understand how that is. I go to sleep frustrated, whatever. But when I wake up, I'm ready to just take on a day. I don't want to just be regular. Like, I don't feel like I ever was here to be regular. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I find, I find that a really interesting mentality. Like, is it exhausting, though? Because you're like, because it is the the cycle of I'm annoyed, but then, like, the, it's interesting what happens overnight where you're like, hey, I, I want to quit overnight, and then in the morning I'm back at it again. I'm- you know what it is, too? You think about this, right? It's how you're feeling at the moment. And then you go to sleep, you wake up with a fresh mindset. And then the first thing on your mind is when you wake up is things you have to do for the day. And none of it doesn't involve quitting. So why are you quitting? You feel what I'm saying? Get up and get to it. What's stopping you from doing it? And that's what I do. I just go do whatever I got to do and continue on my day. And don't care. But it's like at the end of the night when you just got time to yourself and you just thinking like, damn, am I not doing enough? Or people not fucking with me? Like, what I need to do? Like, I need this. And then, you know, like anybody that's, in the music industry, definitely deal with a bunch of broken promises. You feel what I'm saying? Like, so it's a lot of people that tell you they're going to do things for you or holler at them when you need them. And then when you talk to them or try to get at them, you can't, ne- it don't never work out. You feel what I'm saying? But it, I don't let that discourage me anymore. It's just like, if it's nothing I can't control, fuck it. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there are a lot of people who make false promises or? It's industry talk. Like, once you get in the once you get in the game and you understand industry talk, everybody sees everybody. The first thing they say is, "We got to link, we got to work, we got to do this." But you internally really want to work with this person or link with this person, but they just telling you that because they're in your face. You understand people really do want to link with you when they reach out to you, other than running into you. You feel what I'm saying? Like I might run into you and remember, like, "Oh, I forgot he does that," and didn't do it. But then I'm talking about pursue it the next day or pursue it later on that day. You feel what I'm saying? They don't do that. You might not talk to them until you run into them again. Who knows? Two months down the line, you know what I mean? Does it, do you feel like that would that makes a lot of people jaded? Like it it impacts them significantly because they just become. I mean, the longer you're in the industry, the more it affects you. The more you start to not trust people, right. and the more you start to be like, 
I'm just going to have to carry this on my own shoulders. But, but in a manner, how it makes sense for industry talks is because obviously you might not be ready at that point for them anyway. They know that, but they just don't want to let you down. Like who has time to really sit there and talk to you about the letdown? They just, so they just quit talk. Okay, cool. Here's my number. I'll let me, you know, that they, they may not never answer, but then if you actually doing the work you're supposed to be doing, they come to you. You feel what I'm saying? So that means if I meet somebody, they don't know who I am. I, don't, I feel like I'm not working hard enough. I need to work harder. So that's my mentality. I don't take it as they're a bullshit ass person. I take it as I just need to work harder. So I don't got to worry about that. They'll be on me next time. You feel what I'm saying? That's the only mindset you can have really. Cause like, yeah, if you don't, then you're just going to think that everyone's out to get you. And there are definitely people out to get you and people who are going to take advantage. But I agree with you, man, because, you know, people I'm sure reach out to you and want to work with you and you would probably look at them and be like, well, you probably haven't done enough to be with me on tracks. Right, because I've definitely seen myself do it to people too. But see, and it's only because, I do it because, like I said, it's the moment. But if we actually kick it later, then I will properly make you understand it or help you do other things. You feel what I'm saying? Or help you with other stuff other than that. Because my time is money. So I feel like if I'm going to do a song with you and you're not properly going to do what you need to do with it in the first place, we about to take hours out of my day. It's people that get paid for every hour of their day. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, why am I doing free stuff and it's not beneficial to none of us? Now, if I do free stuff, like I do the song with you and... You promote it. I promote it at the same time. It worked for both of us, and we all have different, like different sets of following. It makes sense. If we got the same following, that doesn't make sense. You feel what I'm saying? Like it's a waste of time. So it's like I see, like it has to make sense. Like I got like so. I understand me being from where I'm from. I try to reach out to people from other places because I'm in Jersey. You might be from Colorado. Nobody don't know you here. Nobody don't know me there. You feel what I'm saying? Let's cross promote. Yeah, I, I actually think that that is a really smart strategy mm-hmm. of just like knowing your audience base, knowing where they are majority and being very clued in as to like which markets you want to go into. Like, I feel like a lot of people want to collaborate because you're in the same town. Like they're like, exactly. you know, we grew up together or I know that you lived, you know, a few blocks from me. We never spoken before, but I know that. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, we operate in the same market. It doesn't make sense for me to put you on my own music. Exactly. So what I try to do is like, like some, like I wouldn't, like I love working with younger artists. You feel what I'm saying? Because I like to give them game number one. And then number two, you definitely have a younger gen- genre of people that I might not have at that moment. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, even if you're a female, I want to work with females because you got females that deal with you. You feel what I'm saying? They might, it might be people that I don't know. So it has to be something that makes sense or, if you are the same type of artist as me, you just got to be as lit as I am. You feel what I'm saying? So it got to make sense for both of us. That's all it is. Introduce people to new people. Yeah. And hey, if you stop grinding, it says everything. Like if you take that rejection and that stops you in your tracks, you never, you never really supposed in- to. Yeah. That's how I look at it. You know what I mean? So every day I try to tell people to, the worst, the worst advice I ever got in my life is the best advice. And that's how I tell people to keep working. I used to hate that because I'm like, keep working. Like, you can help me. Like, you can push me to the next thing. But then it's looking like it's it's looking like at right. They might have not been in the right position right now to help you. But if you keep doing what you do, they seeing you on the same. They gonna see you get bigger and bigger. So now, when I do got the opportunity, I can make it so much easier because you done got more lit. You got more fans. You doing way better. You feel what I'm saying? And it's easy to pull you into a room other than pulling you to a room as with nothing going on. Yeah. Well, I think there are. Many examples of people who are not ready for the success that they get. I mean, how many one-hit wonders they have their hit and they disappear. They were never really the artist that they they like. They hit before they were accomplished enough to be able to be able to sustain it. Hundred percent. And I feel like it's certain times in my life that if I did hit at that moment, I wasn't ready mentally and physically. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, that's what I spend a lot of time like working on a lot of stuff. So I'm, I'm in my studio as we speak. I do music every day, even when it's not needed. So even though the three projects that I dropped this year, they all been done maybe before, well, at least 75% of all of them been done maybe before March. 
You know what I'm saying? So I already had the year lined up. Now I still got three more, which I can see my board right here. I still got three more on my board that's already 80% done that I ain't put those out yet. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like I'm always ahead of the curve. So I already got the first half of the first half of 2024 is already done. Right there. Damn. So I mean, you're not slowing down at all. I was actually going to ask you about, you know, three projects is in one year is, you know, it's a lot of music to to pump mm-hmm. out and you're just keeping the pace going. Because I, I have it. I'm not going to sit on it. You feel what I'm saying? Got to put it out. <laughs> so just do a bunch of like, I, and I'm working on all the projects at the same time, but it's all a move thing with me. I might walk in today and feel like talking to my niggas. I might walk in today and feel like talking to females. I might want to tell about things I've been through. You feel what I'm saying? So whatever mood is in, I do it. And then when I got a certain amount of songs together, I just, it's like picking teams. All right, you go here, you go here, you go here. You feel what I'm saying? And that's how I usually come out with all the projects. I don't know how you do it because there are lots of artists who are just like, I have to be focused on one project at a time. Like I have to, like I have an idea. I Until it's done, I cannot deviate. I have to make sure that it's with the one thing. Music is a mood. and I'm, I'm in a different mood every day. I, I'm literally in a good, like a certain mood right now to work on stuff as soon as I'm done with you. But I could change and it could be like, you know what? I'm not even going to do this. I, I'll just do a freestyle and I just do that. Knock that out the way. You feel what I'm saying? So it depends on what I feel when I'm in here. And I just, I'm, I like to be in the studio by myself. Like within the last, no lie to you, the last six, seven years, everything I put out, I recorded myself personally. So nobody be in the studio with me. I don't have no engineer. I just got an engineer friend that I take it to and he do all the mixing and mastering for me. What is it that you like about being by yourself? I'm easily distracted when I'm not. So I can be I can be in here with like I do have a couple friends, um, music people I, I I I deal with that I could be around, but and like producers and stuff like that. But if I have people around chilling, if I see everything going on, I want to be into this conversation. This conversation now two hours done went past. I didn't do anything. I might fucking around and get too drunk, and then now I'm ready to go home and go to bed. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like I wasted my time. So you know what? I treat it like a nine to five. If I get here at nine o'clock and I'm leaving at five, I'm a clock in at nine, do all my work till five. So by that time, I can leave, go home, and do, and do whatever I want to do after that. Yeah, I I think what it sounds like is you've just found your rhythm of like you know what gets yeah. you primed. Yes, because I'm yes, with exactly. you. I get distracted too. I'm like yeah, I'm easily attracted. If anybody in here, guys, females, they drink and they laugh and they joking, I could be writing and I'm just looking like, damn, what they talk about? Then I go peek in and I'm in the conversation. Now I don't get no work done. It's happened to me many a time. So I do have company at my studio once in a blue, but I kind of know what it is when they're gonna be here. Like I ain't gonna get much done. So either get it done before they come or I just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> I love that you're like you just accept not much is gonna happen. They, they yeah, already come through, but as you know, sometimes we got to sit back and enjoy life, right? So while I work every day, I, I, I do enjoy my thing a lot. Like I really take off on weekends, but I'll take it off like I use it as promoting days. So I'm going to the clubs. I'm making sure I'm getting music played. I'm making sure I'm meeting new people. I'm meeting DJs, promoters, club owners. You feel what I'm saying? Influencers, stuff like that to help push the push what I've got going on. Yeah. Well, I've read that your first song that you heard on radio was in like 2012. Yes, yes. And I was actually rapping b- before that. But um, my first song that made it to the radio was in 2012. Yeah, it was by, um, it was on Hot 97 too. Um, What's changed? Because like, because uh, I'm interested in it because, you know, that you, you've been making music obviously before then. It's mm-hmm. now been over a decade since your first song was on radio. And, mm-hmm. You're still promoting. You're still making music. Have you noticed a significant shift in the last decade of like what you used to have to do versus what you have to do now? It's so much easier because I, for my first song to get played, I had nothing to do with that other than just being in the club at the, everybody being in the club at the same time. Me being there, the DJ being there, and the DJ that was actually DJ just played the music. So when he played the music, the other DJ came to me like, "Yo, that's your song. Like, why well, I don't got that?" I'm like. I don't know. I didn't even know about putting music out to people. I mean, I figured you get it how you get it. So I sent it to him, and he never told me, like, I'm going to play it on the radio or nothing. He just, I figured he just got the song. He's going to play it in the clubs when he be there, whatever. He played it in the radio on his own. 
So that made me learn the game more so where I got more acquainted with more DJs, became friends with them. And now when I drop music, I just send it to everybody um, separately and then build a rapport on them. Like if you're going to be in a club tonight, I'm going to come there before you can play it. Or if you're going to be in the radio, just let me know. I shout it out. I'll be locked in. I'll make sure my people locked in. And it's like not no more guessing if a person going to play it. I know what's going down when it happens now. Yeah. I mean, it's so wild because I think everyone does the first strategy, which is I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to have my fingers crossed. Like I'm going <laughs> to let, I'm just going to let whatever happens happen. I don't know what that'll be. And I just hope that it lands in the right hands. Exactly. That's why I was like, wow, naive to the situation. But when I learned everything, it made everything make more sense. Like, even though I might know what's getting played today, I still feel the same way. Like, I don't know. You get what I'm saying? It's not like, eh, that's nothing new. It happens all the time. Like, I'm thankful for every time because they don't have to do it. You feel what I'm saying? They do it. And they can always change their mind. Always. Anything can happen that it cannot play. They can just not be, you know what? I changed my mind. I didn't feel like putting it on there or something happened. It didn't play. And then I used to have a couple times like that before in the beginning, still learning, but. Everything happens for a reason. You can't be mad at nobody, but stuff is out of people's hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you still think radio plays as significant a part as it did before? Um, I don't feel like it's as much, but I still feel like it's a very big thing to have because if you do right now go somewhere for two hours and you listen to the radio, like there will be a song that's going to be played five, six times. And by the time you get to the fourth time of hearing that song, you start reciting them words. Now that becomes a song that you like when you hear it in the club or hear it on Instagram. Like, like I feel like the new radio to me more so is social media. And I'm going to say Instagram, I'm going to say TikTok, I'm going to say uh, Facebook. Because if I'm scrolling down and every time I see somebody picture or they got a video or their reel has that song playing in the back, I, I literally learn that song that fast. You feel what I'm saying? Now when I do go to radio, it's on the radio already too. So then I hit a full song instead of the little clip I heard there. And I'm like, you know what? I like this song. It's good. And that's what, like, I feel like everything nowadays runs the course together with how it works. It's weird, though, that, like, music, like, is in the background of videos and that's how you learn music. You know what I mean? It's it's really weird because, I mean, music just used to be just standalone where, like, you would just listen to music and that would be its own experience. You didn't need anything else you just but now it's like a whole different thing music is so different in the way it's consumed and i like the fact that even back then like if i wanted to hear a certain song and i didn't have that album or that album didn't come out yet i would have to literally listen to the radio all day to try to catch that song now i just literally type that type it in youtube or type it and Google, and it comes up, and I can listen to it right now. And if I want to hear the song 20 times, I'll listen to it 20 times. That's the only thing different that I like now. Because before, I would literally sit at the radio the whole time. And if I leave the radio for 10 minutes, I think I missed the song. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, technology is the best thing for fans. Like, yes. as as a fan, it's like, hey, I get it on demand. I can listen to it whenever I want. I get to have, like, my artists and I get to listen to them. But I feel like for artists, it's not the same as it was. It's not as, like, the rewards aren't as high because of the way it's been corporatized. Like, music okay. has been really, really changed by the industry. Yeah, they take a lot of they take a lot of fun out of the music too because as an artist you have to know everything yourself now. Like you can't really throw it on to somebody else. You really got to handle a lot of things yourself. Or you can't even just record and just throw put it on the thing. It's like they they got different systems that stop everything, even from the sampling, the spellings, the names, and how you worded things. You feel what I'm saying? Like they'll just stop it, and it's like you got to go. It's my behind the scenes thing. You got to go. But once you realize you are a business. You'll you understand it and it makes sense. Yeah, I do find it weird though that like, you know, copyright I feel like is a really big thing at the moment. You know, a lot of artists are struggling with not only the evolution of AI but also like the challenge of sampling and sampling and getting that approved because it's like, I mean, the copyright tech is just becoming so advanced. They can pick it up everywhere 
And hip hop is built off sampling. Like it is historically a genre that remixes and takes old beats and reuses them and finds new ways. And I feel like that's becoming harder and harder. And it's like, this is probably the most time where sampling is being the most because it's like we got 50 years of hip hop now. It's really 50 years of music. People are really redoing over just for the feeling and nostalgia of it. And it's like a lot of people were, it was times when people were getting paid for this. So I understand it because if it was me and my songs getting used a thousand times, oh no, I need my cut. You feel what I'm saying? So if we got to figure this out to stop it, make sure everything will go and then continue it. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm all for it because we also have to push the, the pen to make us create. Think about it. Before them, they all created that. All we're doing is recreating a thing, adding a new sound to it, a drum to it or whatever, whatever, or different words. So now we need to like create our own thing so we don't got to worry about none of that. Yeah. Now you put it like that, I do get it from that lens. But I mean, the worst shit, the thing that pisses me off the most is those tracks that haven't sampled. They just stole the beat. They've just yes. reused it, and it's like I know this sounds exactly like the old song. You've just laid your it's like it's almost like a cover song. You haven't changed it at all. You just yes. took an old hit, and you're trying to just get more money, not exactly. because you're trying to make a good song. That's that that's crazy, but that's what's going on. Yeah, drives me nuts. So even with even with my project, I just dropped now with the Trap Tiles Three. Right, I had a uh, issue with my distributor because one of my producers gave me two beats that we use for the project. And um, in order for him to make a profile on, on the distribution, he made a, he made an instrumental CD. So when he made the instrumental CD, he dropped those instrumentals on the project. And right. I thought like, so that's why I told him like, if you did that, you shouldn't have gave me the beats. They flagged it. They tried not to let the project go out because of that reason, because he already got it on it. So, you know, once it get on it, it's coded. You feel what I'm saying? So now they caught the coding. It's the same thing. So they wouldn't put it up. Now I had to go through it. He ended up eventually taking it down. And I went to another distribution company and they put it up. But that's how on point they was with it. Like this song is never going out with us. You feel what I'm saying? So I had to put it somewhere else. Luckily, I had another guy that I could literally talk to him on the phone and he made it happen for me. You feel what I'm saying? But that's how advanced they are that they're catching everything so fast. And I'm talking about they caught it within like eight hours. Damn. So it was like, yeah, it was crazy. But I made it work, made it happen and everything good. Is there no way to get some sort of like paperwork together to be like, hey, you know, I've released this music before, but I give authority to this artist to be able to use it and I'm still getting like like to void any copyright infringement like if you have the rights to a song it's not copyright anymore they they usually they do and they will accept that but all right let's let's let's, let's be specific i was talking about tunecore right so tunecore there's nobody i don't have a relationship with tunecore where i can get on the phone with anyone, right so i have to wait till they answer my email if they're answering an email once a day and we having an email, we, we, we haven't, we done had six email conversations. That's six days done went by. So I don't have time to be waiting for the, for four more days for you to go through it, check it, make sure. And then I miss my whole date of this project coming out because y'all answer me when y'all feel like it. That's why I said when I, when I dealt with the other distribution, which was Revenue Play, and I also know the guy that is one of the owners, I got on the phone with him, me and him talked throughout the whole thing. So when it cleared, he called me. It's clear we're good to go. All right. So if I had any problems, he tells me firsthand right there instead of we, like me and him having a five-minute conversation would have fixed the same thing that took me six days to still get nowhere with them. So it made sense. I mean, it would make me want to go through them the whole time so I can just pick up the phone. Exactly. It, it really does. I, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here trying to figure out where I want the rest of my projects to go to right now. You feel what I'm saying? Like, if I just really want to, I can, because anything I need, I can literally call him. He can send it to my phone or email it to me or call me about it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. I, I'm a big believer in, like, when shit hits the fan, I want to know that I can sort it out quickly. 
I'm with you 100%. I felt the same way, and that's where I messed up at. Yeah. But now, well, now, now me and him have a, a, a great rapport. I don't know. Everything else might go through them now. Yeah. I mean, and it came out. It all worked out in the end. So, like, I mean, it's a good lesson to learn. And, yeah, you might have a, a better relationship with him now as well. Definitely do. Definitely, 100%. So now what it is, being that I just dropped a project maybe uh, – a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, um, I didn't I didn't check out any numbers yet. So that's when I go down to checking out numbers and see how everything works, then I understand if it's if that's what I'm gonna do continue doing. Yeah. I feel like that's a it's the only thing you really can do at this stage. I wanted that's to it. ask because because you brought you mentioned that you were stuck into the streets real deep, real young. I'm interested to know how did you like how deep did it get and how did you make the choice to leave and go a different direction? Um, what it is was at one point in my life, young, stupid, I used to think the best thing I ever did in my life was being in the streets, selling drugs and stuff like that. Right. I felt like that's the only thing I knew how to do all the time. So it's crazy for a world of opportunities. And that's the only thing I feel like I can be great at. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have successful people, like very many successful people that can give the story like, yeah, you need to continue doing it. You can, it can work. You can do it. Now, nah, it's just a mindset we all had. So I never even had nothing to do with music. Like I never knew nothing about music in my life. Never did anything. My family never did anything with music. I just had one of my friends. He used to rap all the time, all the time around us. So when he wanted to do music, I just jumped in. And I was like, you know what? I got a lot of good things going on for me. I know a lot of people. I jump in and I'll be like, I'll start a label and be the CEO, have you under the label, and I'll just push you. So that's how it mainly happened. So um, what happened was being in the studio, countless hours. I'm not the artist. It's just me, him, the producer, and the engineer. I got. I used to have, get wild bored in there, like mats of bored just sitting there all the time. So I'll just be on the side, just writing little things, writing little things. But I don't know nothing about music. I don't know how to rhyme to a beat. I don't know how to count a bar. I don't know anything, but I'm just trying it on my own. So when they sneakily seen me do it one day, we all laughed about it. But then they helped me. So in the midst of they helping me, I did my first song. So um, when I did my first song, it was me and my artist. And we just went around my way, just played it all day, played it Because where I'm from, I was already a always a popular dude just just from the streets so i always got more love because people already knew who i was so when we finally worked it out we uh ran into an artist not an artist we ran into a promoter lady alba that was her name and she uh she set us up with a big show to perform at we had a lot in the show and everything so it was basically me and my me and my team but the main artist was the guy that i was running around with he got locked up two days before the show damn yeah so when he got locked up, it's either like cancel the show, but it was so much a big anticipation from it because we were like the new team and they never heard, nobody never even heard us do music. So it was confusing. They wanted to see it. So the the, the, the spot was already sold out. So if we just didn't do it, it wouldn't have worked out for my brand. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it by myself. And I did it by myself. The show was crazy. The energy was crazy. And I just took off from there. So by the time he came home, maybe two Two years later, I already was who I was. You feel what I'm saying? So we just kept moving from there, and that's how I became the main artist and then just pushed me all the way to the to where we at now. Did he end up continuing with music when he got back? Yeah. He ended up continuing with music, but he always kept having legal problems too. So now is the first time he's been out and been out for a while and finally got his head on his shoulders, and he's ready to get back in. So... He's actually on my last project. His name was uh the project I got Traptized Three. He just he's on the hook of it though. But his name is Mean Boy General, and he usually been on like he's been on majority of my projects, like older projects back in the day. But now it's like it's time for him to come back out. So we working on his we working on his project right now too. What is it about that mindset? Because you said you know, and I find this fascinating that you never thought that you could be anything else. That the best thing that you could ever be was on the streets. And it's ignorant mindset. It's ignorance mindset because I used to feel like I was so good at it that everybody that I watched fall around me, I wasn't falling until 
I started falling. And then now it's like, what are you going to keep doing? You know, like, that's like getting, like, like that's like having your license, keep getting pulled over for speeding, and then they take your license, and you still keep speeding. Eventually, you're going to jail for, for driving without a license and speeding. You feel what I'm saying? So that's why, that's how I feel like I was in the street. I went from no charges to, next thing you know, I got two, three charges at a time. You feel what I'm saying? So obviously, jail is on the way. Obviously, away from everybody is on the way. It's nothing good to come from that, so I have to straighten up. And I just went on a straight and narrow and went cold turkey and just invested all my time, energy, everything I had in music. You feel what I'm saying? And it was like, I always had the name, but I didn't feel like I had the skill set behind my name. Like, you would definitely know who I am, but if you come listen, you'd be like, oh, he cool. But because my name was big, bigger than that, so I really had to just sit in. And this this way it became from being alone, practicing. If I'm here, there's nobody rushing me to do nothing. If I record myself, I can do 100 takes and nobody's mad that I'm doing 100 takes because I'm perfecting my craft to get me where I'm at right now. And that's what I did. I sent myself to school by myself. So I would just listen to other people's music and then just, damn, how he said that and the way he bounced on that and the way he trained to flow on that and figured it out and then take all that and just put it into me. You feel what I'm saying? And that's where we at. What's really interesting is like, you know, the discipline that you had of like, hey, I'm really good at the street life, you transitioned into the discipline that you have in your music. And it makes me wonder about how many people are living a life they shouldn't be living and don't ever reach their potential. But if they use their natural God-given talents and their, their natural gifts and they put it towards something that they would see significant success or significant change in their life. And it makes me wonder about all of the lost potential out there in the world. 100%. Especially in the urban area because we feel like that's all we have. It's really not. Like, even if you decide to go work at the post office, if you decide to be the best that you could be in whatever it is you're doing, you're going to see it's other things bigger you could be doing. You feel what I'm saying? That, that you literally become a worker and then become the boss of that situation. And if you, if you could run somebody else's company, obviously you can run your own. You feel what I'm saying? You just got to figure it is, figure whatever it is you want to do. Like, I absolutely knew nothing about music. Like, nothing. For me to know everything that I know about music right now is crazy because I knew nothing. Like, I'm, I didn't even tell you where I can go listen to beats at from you feel what I'm saying so when I know like my first time writing I used to write beats over beat CD I didn't know where you can go buy a beat CD at I didn't even know they made CDs with just beats on it you feel what I'm saying so me learning all that and then till now I got YouTube if I want to do a freestyle beat now even from the, the, the first album I did I gained relationships with producers so I don't have to look for something if I wanted beats I would invite you over to my place I've always had my own studio since the first day I started rapping you feel what I'm saying so I invite you to my spot. Let's build there. Let's connect there. If I got ideas, no lie to you, at least 60, 65% of my music, I co-produce it. Because it'd be my it'd be my ideas. You feel what I'm saying? Yo, you should do this. You should do this. I see how this come out. And I, I and, and I'm, I'm really hands-on. That's one of the things I'm going to do for 2024. Anything I co-produce, I'm getting co-produced credit for it. So it's yeah. going to be me who produce this track starting in 2024. I mean, you 100% should. I mean, you might find a lane where, like, people start reaching out and being like, hey, I want you to help produce other music. Like, For real. That's, that's, that's the main reason why I'm doing it, because when you go look at the name and you notice this person did it, like, yeah, because I have to, I know what I want. I know what sounds good for me. So let's figure it out. Yeah. What do you think it'll take for more people to follow your path of, like, for people to feel like they are empowered to really reach their potential? I don't, I mean, if, if me having the platform to talk more freely and like, not more freely, but like bigger platforms to talk about it. But everybody that I, I run into myself, that's conversations I have with people like, so just say right now, today I have, I'm supposed to have a, a um, session with somebody. If you come over, I usually spend like two, two hours before we even do music to talk to you because I need to see where your head at. Because if your head ain't in the right place, we about to waste our time doing this. You feel what I'm saying? So now that if your head ain't in the right place, I can tell you what you need to do. And then we figure it out from there. What's next to get us to the next level? You feel what I'm saying? Because like, why am I why am I doing anything with you and we the car won't stay parked? You know how many times before I did 
features with people and they never came out, that's a waste of my bars. That's a waste of my thinking. That's a waste of my time. You feel what I'm saying? So now I have a mindset like nine times out of ten, if I do a song with you, it has to be one of your main songs. You feel what I'm saying? Because I feel like you have to push it other than it just be a, a throwaway on your album. You get what I'm saying? Have you walked away from people when you realize that they're not in the right place? Yeah, I just lie to you. I just lie and be like, I'm tired or I got to make a run real quick and we'll get back up later or uh, we can, we can finish this tomorrow. And then next time when they hit me, now sounds like I'll be like, oh, I was working on a beat. I can't really do nothing with it. Maybe something else some other time, but I got to finish up what I got to do. I don't really want to like, that's why I said like the industry talk, you get so good at it. You start using it yourself. You feel what I'm saying? But their mindset, like now, if I see that person after that, start going crazy, going hard again, I literally just send you the song on my own. You feel what I'm saying? You won't even know I did it. I come in here, I do it and send it to you. Let's say one, well, for example, right? I had a guy that um wanted me to do a song with him. So I told the dude, I'm like, yo, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm very busy at the moment. He ain't had a lot going on either. But I was like, I'm very busy at the moment. But when I do get time, I'll do it. Unless you pay me. Money trumps time. And I'm going to literally do it by tomorrow. His, his excuse to me was, no, nah, don't worry about it. Uh, whenever you get the time to do it, I'll do it. I'm like, cool. So uh, my birthday came that weekend. And one of the things I do for my birthday, I do a big ass weekend called DB Weekend, right? And I celebrate the whole weekend with parties, brunches, block parties, give backs, everything. The guy came to every event that I did that weekend. I'm talking about from Thursday to Monday, he was there at everything. Not there because I asked him to come. He came on his own for everything. So being that I've seen him every day, every day I've seen him, it made me think about him. So Tuesday, when I woke up in the morning and came to the studio, I literally re recorded his feature and sent it to him. He never even knew it was coming, but it's the fact that he supported me. You feel what I'm saying? So why would I not show love? That was my way of saying thank you back to him. Yeah. I think those behaviors are underrated. Of no, like, it, is. it really is. Like, you know, just showing love and being like, hey, man, you know, whatever. It didn't work and out between us, but I have no ill will in my heart and I still want you to succeed and I'm still going to be in your corner. But that's still parts of ways that let me feel like my time isn't wasted. You feel what I'm saying? Because you're you're taking out time for me. So why can't I not take out time for you? And that's why I feel like it was it, it could have been not it could have been an even exchange. It could have not been. But I feel like that's what I needed to do at the moment. Yeah. Tell me about these these weekends that you have for your birthday. I'm so interested now. It sounds like it's fire. Like it is just a load that's of fun. It is crazy. That's why I have a project called DB Weekend that I dropped this year, right? So usually what it is is like um I used to party promote too. So that was one of the things that helped us with my music because if it's my party and I'm booking a DJ, you have no choice but to play my music, right? And I also felt like if the party is crazy enough, I would literally perform on my own whenever. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's packed ahead, give me the mic, I'm performing. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm taking advantage of everything that's going on. So what happened was one day my birthday happened to be on a, like I always did a birthday party, but it would be like one birthday party and that's it. So um, my birthday happened to be on a Tuesday one day, Tuesday or Wednesday, some, some crazy day. I had absolutely nothing to do. So my family, my birthday's in the summer. So uh, my family was like, what you doing for your birthday? I was like, I don't got no plan. They was like, oh, let's just cook out. I'm like, cool, no problem. We cooked out. So I ended up inviting everybody that just would call me and tell me happy birthday. But I ain't doing that. We're in my hood. Come through. We're going to cook out later. So it ended up being like 40, 50 people just pulled up. We just having a regular cookout. It started pouring raining. We all been drinking. We eating the music playing. Nobody never hid. Nobody go under the no umbrella. We just stayed outside and literally in the rain, got soaking wet, but had the time of our life while we doing it. So, you know, cameras is around. So everybody's posting videos, taking uh, pictures and everything. So it made everybody now from that time on. So next year, we did it again, but it, it didn't rain. But now it's like on a Thursday. So now people are like, yo, y'all be having so much fun out there. Like, you should do it on a weekend. And then we can come visit. So I really have people drive up and fly up from different cities and states. Now, where we fill my block up with over a couple thousand of people. 
every year. So that's the most main event of it. It's like a Saturday night. We literally have 2,000, 2,500 people on my block partying till the police shut us down. Other than the party, like I might have a party Friday. I might have a the block party is Saturday. And then Sunday, we'll have a brunch and then have a night party Sunday night. And it's just like a, a bunch of fun. And people come up like it's a all-star weekend in for basketball or Super Bowl weekend, like people come up and in, and endure with all the festivities every throughout the whole weekend. Damn, th- that sounds like I cannot miss. If I'm ever around during your birthday, I'm gonna have to oh, come through. I'm gonna have way more fun than you even think you can have. VIP <laughs> <laughs> type of fun, like you're gonna be amazed at it. And I've also had it with like a lot of uh big names, um, artists even pulled up and came through and showed love, like. I even had um he's from Jersey City, but um Derek Luke, the actor. Yeah. I, D&B Rock came one year. You feel what I'm saying? I had a couple different people, like main like industry people, people from like labels, whatever, because nobody doesn't nobody believes it until they see it. And then when they see it, they see how it all makes sense. You feel what I'm saying? So this year, I had everything rolling so early. I had free time. I said, you know what? I want to do a project. And I end up doing DB Weekend. In three days, I, wow. I did the whole project in three days, got it mixed down and mastered and put it out around my birthday. Damn. And when's your birthday? I'm going to lock it in my calendar. My birthday is July 23rd. July 23rd. Well, July 23rd. I'll have to, I'll, that's like peak summer. It must be the best vibes. Middle of the, it'd be incredible. I'm telling you, I don't, I won't prove you wrong. You had the best time of your life. I'm going to have to figure out a way to get back. I was just actually in New York, um, like I think about a month ago. I was in New York. One of my friends, he moved. So uh, a couple of us went down and spent a couple of weeks with him just to to show where, some love. Where exactly are you from? So I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So it's That's- like a 28-hour flight to get to Ooh. New York. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, everyone, that's, that's the reaction everyone has. Everyone's like, I would never do that. But it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Somebody just told me last night they they went to Dubai and it was a 16-hour flight, and I thought they was crazy about that. You feel what I'm saying? But 28 is even crazier. Well, it's not one flight. I think I had 17 hours from New York to New Zealand and then okay. another two more flights to get home. So, But total, the whole trip of traveling was like – 28 hours that's still a lot that's still a lot of traveling how do you get back from that and still keep going on like you don't feel like you need a day or two to yourself alone just to get back into the the wing of things well i actually recovered pretty quickly i have i I tend to book my flights pretty strategically because i i arrived back at home at 3 p.m on the sunday and so Mm. i just stayed up until like i would normally go to bed like 10 and then I had like a full night's sleep. So I try to book flights that, yeah, that make sense with like where my body schedule will be at. And then I left New York at 7 PM. So I knew Mm. that I would try to sleep on that flight. And like, I really try to be strategic about how I manage my body on the flights. And when I get back, that really helps the most. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah, if you arrive at like 9 a.m., you're fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely will be fucked. But see, I sleep on all flights. Like, I book all my flights. I like flights at 6 a.m. Because I wake up, wash off, slide, get there, get something to eat, and I'll sleep the whole flight. Then when I get to where I'm going, I'm well rested. Now we can run and, we can run and do whatever we need to do. Yeah. I've never been out the country, though. That's my next, that's my next thing. Do you have like a place you want to go first? I don't. That's why I'm not in a rush to go because I don't know exactly where I want to go. Like, it's so many places I do want to go, but it's nowhere that I really want to go personally myself. So I'm usually going to like that. When I do go, I'm going to let somebody else pick and I'm just going to go and just see what I like and then look from there places and just do whatever. Well, I think one of the big things is depending on how long you're going to go away for, like picking a place where you're close to other places is good. Like, yeah, yeah. Other things, right? Yeah, so so if you're like, hey, like if you're in Europe or and if you fly to London, then you can go to obviously France, Germany, like 
the Netherlands, Amsterdam. You can hit all those spots, Greece, because it's all close. Or you can do like the Asia tour, like you know, hit Thailand and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely, I def- that's a, that's, a, that's something I'm, I'm gonna look forward to. Yeah, you got it, and then you can do some shows, like hit yeah, hit your next that's, market. That's, that's the that's what I really want to do. Like, I really wouldn't mind if my first out of out, out of the country experience is to go perform. That's what I really I don't I don't I'm not a fan of vacationing because I don't like chilling. You get what I'm saying? So. I, <laughs> I want to get to it. Like, I don't want to be nowhere. We have for a couple of days and we just sitting there doing nothing, like just enjoying it. I, I'm cool. I enjoy it later when I retire. You feel what I'm saying? So that's how I look at a lot of things. Let's be honest. You're not going to enjoy it when you retire. You're never going to want to retire. You're going to be like doing something the whole time. I, I recognize that in you already. Like, even if you stop making, yeah, you're, you're not. I, I actually like I I, I got to stay busy, got to sit down, but I do take my times or my days to myself and just relax, get my body on you know, and I work out every day. So, work I'm doing I really live a healthy lifestyle. So, uh but in order for me to keep being able to run every day, but I don't even when I got time to chill and I'm actually chilling, I feel like I'm not doing nothing and it makes me want to get up and do something. Yeah. I that's what I'm like if I'm like 3 days on holiday and and we're not active, like we're not I, like I can't I beach holidays drive me a little bit crazy it's like mm. pleasant it's great yeah. and I'm good for like three days and then I'm like all right I'm bored of shit now my mind is going crazy let's go do something exciting and fun and like I need to be stimulated needs to needs to I'm, I'm just like that something has to be going on yeah yeah well, speaking of going on I actually wanted to ask you about your relationship with Ransom because I mean you've been making music with him for a long period of time. Like you, you um, like, yeah. Um, so me and Rand relationship is crazy because we both from the city, but we from two different parts of the city. So how we even really connected is I owned a CD store at the time and the CD store was located inside the CD store was a barbershop and it was downtown Jersey city where Rand is from downtown Jersey city. I'm more, I'm from the hill. So, uh, Rand used to go to that barbershop all the time. So one day when he came in there, um, I didn't think I didn't think Rand knew who I was as an artist. So when I at the first conversation we had with him, it was one of my partners talking to him, and I just asked him myself, like, "Yo, you know, how much you charge for features?" And he was like, uh, "Where you from?" Because we were in Jersey City. So he's like, "Where you from?" I said, "I'm from Jersey City." He said, "I don't charge Jersey City artists for feature." So he's like, you know, just send it to me. I mean, we, we can knock it out. I like it. I would knock it out. I'm like, all right, cool. So in the midst of us talking, uh, I hands him my CD. I had my CD at the store. So I hand him the CD. When he looked at the CD and read the name on the CD, he said, oh, that's you? I'm like, yeah. Because on my CD cover, I wore shades. So And then while I was talking to him, it's in the middle of the day. I didn't have any shades on. So he didn't know that was me. He was talking to me. He's like, yo, that's crazy because people have been trying to link me and you to do music together for the longest, but I didn't know who you were, but I always knew your name. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. They was trying to do the same thing, but I'm not going to talk to you like that. I'm going to just have conversation with you regular. You feel what I'm saying? So when he realized it was me, he uh he invited me to the studio immediately that night. So it didn't work out that night because timing didn't, time didn't work out for me. So I want to say like next week, we made it happen. We got in the studio. And ever since then, me and him was locked in all the time. Like we used to be together like three, four times out the week all the time. And then he knew, like, he's seen a lot in me, and he always wanted to help me out. And still to this day later, he's still helping me out. Like, right now, my next project I'm dropping is going to be with uh, it's gonna be with Craven, right? Craven is going to produce my next whole project. So it's like Craven producing it, and Rand is, like, EPing it. You feel what I'm saying? So right as we speak, I'm here now to go through the, go through the songs and pick whatever I'm going to, and and then so I can take him to go get mixed. And then he's going to figure out whatever song that he likes, and that's the one he gets on himself. You feel what I'm saying? But as far as me, it's done. I'm just waiting for him to go through it. Here what he here. We named the project, and that's going to be what I dropped. That's going to be the first project I dropped top of the year. Damn. That is some exciting news for fans. Yeah. How old were you when, like, how old were both of you when, when that happened, that initial reaction, that initial interaction? Crazy. Probably like, probably like, late 20s early 30s like around that time exactly and 
we just locked in like you would never think we just met. Like you would think we grew up with each other all our lives. How much time we used to spend together and we all liked the same thing and we just ran around and just got busy. It was so, it was, we had like a great connection and then Rand helped me out a lot because I never really, before I met Rand, I didn't have a lot of people that taught me music. So everything I knew, I knew on my own. You get what I'm saying? Like I literally learned on my own from watching shit, paying attention to him telling me like, yo, try this way, do this or do that way. Just attempt it a couple times, see how it was. And it changed my whole mindset on from picking beats to how I do my hooks to even how I, like, I felt like before I met Rand, I was more so a party rapper. Like I only used to like rap simple shit, this club shit talk. Cause I just wanted to be played in the club. I just wanted to be on the radio. You feel what I'm saying? And watching him and learning from him, it gave me like concept wise, it gave me more substance to talk about. And now I don't even care for clubs no more. You feel what I'm saying? I just need to, I need people to understand my struggle, understand my story. And I've led a crazy ass life that people really need to know about. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I'm at. I mean, it makes me think that there could be, would you guys ever do like a, a project where you both are just it's just a ransom DBRC collab. That's I wanna say, I wanna say, I wanna say that's my end goal, but not my end goal, not my end goal for for rapping. I'm talking about my end goal as far as us. Now we at the process where Rand is Rand is right now at a, right now rapping at a higher level, at the highest level he could be rapping he's ever rapped in his career. And He's busy. He's doing whatever he's doing. So my whole thing is I need to get there. So in order for me to me to make that happen, I have to work. That's why I understand. The, that's how I understand that when me doing it with other people and it, it don't make sense. Like it makes sense for us doing songs because it's now introducing me. And it's like I can call him whenever I need him. But I don't want the project to be done. And this look like it's more so a favor to be done for me. I want the project to be done where it makes sense for both of us at the same time. You get what I'm saying? So that's what I'm. That's what I'm working towards. Yeah, that is the healthiest mindset, man. I gotta say, because like it is always my worry. I've seen artists reach for artists that they're not ready to get and pay for features, and they just get exposed on exactly. their songs. So now that's and then that's why I say like even with the project I'm dropping with, uh, it's even on the board. The project I'm dropping with with uh, Nick Craven is. He heard it and he just heard snippets of the rapid record. And he was like, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. Like, this is crazy. It's not coming out until I get on it. And luckily, I didn't have it planned till he till I was ready for him to do it anyway. So I'm I listen to this project maybe once a week by myself. Like, no, it's probably like three people in the world that heard this project. You feel what I'm saying? And I'm so excited to drop this. Like, I know it's gonna change a lot when I drop this actual project. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm just missing. That one thing with him, and when I get that with him, I'm unstoppable. I promise you that. Do you have a date for release? Um, no, I don't. Right now, I'm just I'm I'm just aiming for I'm aiming for literally in my mind, late January, early February. I'm gonna do the mixing process. I'm gonna start the mixing process, no lie to you, probably like the end of this week. And then when after I do that, I'm gonna work on like all the other stuff, the logistics of trying to get some merch done and trying to get, trying to set everything up and how I want to drop it, when I want to drop it the exact day, put the project up, make sure there's no problems. It's like, I'm I, like, I like the way that distrib- distribution companies make you be your own label. You feel what I'm saying? So now they want you to put it up at least two, three weeks ahead of time. So me put it up two, three weeks ahead of time. Now I got the time to worry about promotion, marketing, and shoot videos, do all that to have everything ahead of time. So I'm definitely going to do all that within the time. That's why I want to get the project mixed down. And I want to send it to a couple people, let them hear it before I even drop. Because I might get a situation before that, you feel what I'm saying? Because I'm so deep in with certain people that they know what's going on, it'll work out. So that's what I'm working on. Yeah. Well, I think everyone's going to be looking forward to that, man. Um, Absolutely. Very exciting. I'm going to go crazy with it. (laughs) Are we going to see more murals of you? Yeah. Any other mural for me from now on, that got to be from the people showing they love other places. Like, like I, it's in my hood right now. It's literally in my hood because that's what I like to see. I love to turn my corner every day and see me when I look at it. Now, if there's other, ple- other places, 
that's on other people to put it there and make it work. You feel what I'm saying? It's just I woke up and decided. Me being so vain, I want I like seeing myself a lot. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I made sure that was possible, and I did it. You feel what I'm saying? It took a lot to get it done, but I got it done, and I love it. It's still there without a problem, whatever, ever. Probably like in a year or two, I'll probably touch it up again or change it to something else. But right now, uh, it is what it is. So, And I'm there. It shows you I'm a living legend where I'm at. I'm not one of the people that just talk about places they are and not really from there, not not really that person there. Like, I'm really that person where I'm from. You feel what I'm saying? So even for me to call myself the king of the hill, the hill is like one of the most dangerous parts of Jersey City. And it's like it's nobody debating it. You feel what I'm saying? I done put enough work in for all these years to have that name, and I'm going to continue to do so. Well, for anyone who isn't aware, uh, DiBiase has a massive mural. Massive. Like, it is huge. Like you've got music videos in front of it as well, where like you can see the scale of it. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's huge, and it's going on now. They've been there now for uh, going on close to three years. Damn, going on now for close to three years. So it's a lot of people. Like I stay catching people come pulling up, taking pictures in front of it, and do all other things. Okay, that's one of the coolest things in the world. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think you you. I mean, I feel like it would be cool for it to evolve over time, add stuff and like for it to just slowly change. It's almost like, you know, the visual representation of your career in the, in the, in a way. So that's what, that's, 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 that's that's usually how I do it. And the crazy part about it is like the guy that painted it, he's like from back in the days, he's like a very well-known graffiti artist. And he doesn't even do the he doesn't even do murals no more. Like he's so far involved that, and it took me a lot just to get him to do it. And I actually would have had it done like a year before, but he was busy, so I had to wait till he freed up his time, and then we just did it. We did it all in like three, four days. It was crazy experience. Like every day it was running around from six in the morning till it get dark, and get up and do it all over the next day. And I'm doing all that all while trying to get ready for DB weekend. And still recording, and literally got it done the the day before DB weekend. Made so it crazy. What, it was what, what was the reaction when it first came up? When people yo, first started to see it, for me or for people? For people, people were like, a lot of people seen the picture first, so they really thought it was fake. They didn't believe it until <laughs> when actually see, that's why I said it came right before DB weekend. So everybody had to come around eventually that weekend. So when everybody actually seen it, it was like they couldn't believe it, like at all that like, this actually happened. So you know, a lot of people wonder how it happened. Some people wondering why it's there. You feel what I'm saying? But then the vast majority know what it is. Like I'm from Stegman Street in Jersey City. There's no project you've ever heard of me that I ever dropped in my life that I do not talk about Stegman Street. You feel what I'm saying? Like I am the ambassador of Stegman Street. You feel what I'm saying? So I make sure everybody knows what's going on. So why wouldn't I not have it? We there, we there, and it's not going anywhere. No, it's not going anywhere. As long as I'm here, it's going to be there. <laughs> well, I I'm looking forward to to checking it out. I definitely have to come through and give it give it a look. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's exciting. I think you know all the things that you're working on, the hustle, the grind, everything that you're putting towards your music and the projects that are coming out. It's extremely exciting, and me amongst all your fans are looking forward to seeing what else you can achieve. And I, I, for me to have, for me really to keep saying this, like I really had nothing to do with music to actually have people that really fuck with me now. It's like, that's the only reason I keep going. Like, I feel like I'm letting you down if I just stop for no reason. You feel what I'm saying? So that's like the best blessing that's ever happened to me. Like, cause a lot of people don't have, have a, a lot of people don't have people that give a fuck about them. People really don't care about them. Like they really wasting their time doing it. So to actually get it, it's like, you got to keep feeding the people. You feel what I'm saying? It's like having a child, like my child has to eat. So I have to keep feeding my child. I got to find a way to get money to feed my child. And that's where we at right now. Well, man. So look, so look, hold on. Before you say that, I got a question for you, right? Yeah. So I'm, you're from Australia. Right. Yeah. So it's like, how did you how did you find out about me? Well, I mean, it helps that I have a podcast because it keeps me honest and hustling. And I always look for new guests like I'm always 
looking through people who I know, people who I follow and fuck with, and then I, I look through and really find music. So I was just spending some time looking through Instagram and Spotify and just going through, and I happened to come across your page. I don't remember who it was through, but I happened to find you, and then I happened to go to your music, and I was like, why would I not talk to him? That's no. that's literally what it is. It's like, why would I not want to talk to him? Um, and so, yeah, that's what made me reach out. Like, I just, honestly, uh, my big thing is I want to talk to people who I think have interesting stories, are just genuinely people I would want to talk to because yeah, they have I mean, something interesting to say. And what it is, is I usually don't answer a lot of people back. So even before I even answered you back, I went and did some background check on you. You feel what I'm saying? Like, go just check it out because a lot of people, like, I have people that hit me that's worthy. Then I have people that hit me that don't got nothing going on. Like, I might check their views. It might be five, six views, and they did it for, or their last interview ain't been for two years. And and you come in, like, I don't see a point in me having a conversation with you. You feel what I'm saying? Especially when it's like, I feel like I might have to be telling the same story I already told five times already <laughs> to you. Like, why am I even wasting my time so I don't answer people back? So when I paid attention to yours, I'm like, hold on. Oh, he's from overseas? Oh, he tapped in? You know what? This ain't no just fly in the wall situation. Let's just, we can just lock it in. So I'm definitely was on point. I definitely couldn't wait to do it. That's why I was so glad that you reached out to me because I really like to tap in with other places, other countries. And like I said, I want my first trip out of overseas to be for a show. You feel what I'm saying? So I noticed that uh I had a guy in London that used to hit that hits me a lot. You feel what I'm saying? Always puts me on his projects, always uh posts me up on his YouTube and stuff like that. So I'm like I'm I'm, I'm behind the scenes working on a lot of things. So when I start, I just wanted to be continuously coming just just to let you know like let them know like I'm out, I'm out of town too. Whatever you want me at, I'm there. Well, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming through and I appreciate you you looking through because, yeah, I mean, it's been 170 plus episodes every single mm-hmm. week. haven't missed a week. Like there is just like it just it's just what it is. Well, I was like, why would anyone say yes if I don't do it? Why would anyone come on the show if I don't do it? Like if I'm not committed to the thing that I'm doing, why are you supposed to be committed to what I'm doing? hundred percent, a hundred percent. Number one thing with me is time is money. You feel what I'm saying? Nobody don't got no time to waste. You feel what I'm saying? We don't get it back. So that's even, that's even crazy with money. Cause I can literally lose $5 and make $10 back. I cannot lose five minutes and get it back. Yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of time is money. I only have one more question for you. It's okay. probably the toughest question that I have on the show. It's the only question I plan on the show, but oh, if you had to recommend one album, that everybody should listen to at least once just to get an appreciation of can be any genre of music, cannot be your own music, what would it be? Can't Knock the Hustle. No, I'm lying to you. Reasonable doubt. I said Can't Knock the Hustle because Can't Knock the Hustle is my favorite song in the whole wild world. <laughs> Reasonable Doubt is my favorite album in the whole wild world. And literally, I would say it's can't not, it's, it's uh, Reasonable Doubt and it's Doggy Style. Right, can't knock the hustle. Makes me want to get up every day and go get it. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling like. If I hear that song, I need to go get it. And reasonable doubt from Jay Z. Jay Z is which is my favorite artist in the whole wide world. Like that whole thing is my mood. Like that's literally if you listen to that album and then you listen to me, you will understand. That's where I get it from. How I talk my talk. How I do things and how it's supposed to be. I'm going to tell you the good, I'm going to tell you the great, and I'm going to tell you the bad, too. You feel what I'm saying? And it's like, it's who we are, but it's it's just a different era. Like, he's from New York, I'm from Jersey. I'm just telling you how I grew up and, like, how I felt at points of time our lives were similar. It's like, we live in America. They said, if you live, if you can make it in America, you can make it anywhere. You feel what I'm saying? So why not listen to somebody that's telling you what to do, how to do it in America? You feel what I'm saying? And I'm going to send people right to reasonable doubt. An amazing project, and The Evils is uh, one of the best songs ever. Crazy. Crazy. Well, man, I think that is a great choice. I think, honestly, you can't call yourself a hip-hop fan if you've never listened to Reasonable Doubt, let's be honest. So if you've been sleeping on that, then listen to that. If you've been sleeping on DiBiase, 
Not anymore. Make sure you check him out. Make sure you show him love. As we said, three projects came out this year. He's already got 80% of three projects coming out next year. You're guaranteed to have music. So if you jump on the train, you're guaranteed to have music. The rise is just beginning. Keep it coming. I'm keeping it coming. Well, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Is there anything else you wanted to plug before we wrap it up? Um, that's it. Other than the projects that you say I got right now, the projects right now is Once Upon a Crime, DB Weekend, Trap Ties 3, but Trap Ties 3 is a trilogy with me and my man Sam Black. One, two, and three are out now and my project King of the Hill. That's the project that if you could only listen to one project from me to understand me, King of the Hill will put you there. You feel what I'm saying? And I appreciate you. And lock it in. July 23rd is his birthday, DB Weekend. So make sure you're in Jersey to have his his block parties, as he said. It's like Thursday to Sunday. Yeah, Thursday to Sunday. Thursday to Monday. <laughs> You'll need the Monday to recover. Yeah, Monday. I'll recover, I'll recover weeks after that, but we're going to have fun. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, as I said, appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming through. Appreciate you too, man. Appreciate it. I can't wait to run into you. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.